Rewards of the Heart, Proverbs 27, 18 through 20. Proverbs 27, 18 through 20 says, Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who guards his master will be honored. As in water face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, and never satisfied are the eyes of man. <clears throat> so right away, we're looking at this passage, I find myself asking, what on earth is a fig tree anyways? Which led me down a rabbit hole of Googling pictures of fig trees and eventually led to threads on how to care for them. Now, as it turns out, fig trees are pretty temperamental. In fact, they need tons of sunlight in order to produce healthy fruit. But why is this verse coupled with something that has to do with protecting one's master? And then it skips on to talk about water and then these random places that are never satisfied. In order to properly show how this passage can apply to us, I think it would be best to digest each verse on its own and then weave them together to help illustrate how these verses can help us best live out our lives as followers of Christ. So we'll start with verse 18. Verse 18 says, Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who guards his master will be honored. So let's actually break this down into two parts. The first part talks about fig trees, and the second talks about guarding or protecting a master. Taking into account our exhaustive research surrounding fig trees and the fact that we have discovered that they need immense amounts of vitamin D in order to produce fruit, I think it goes without saying that without adequate care or attention, a fig tree could easily wither and die. And also, for some reason, Jesus and fig trees have a thing. In Matthew 24, verse 32, Jesus compares the fig tree's bloom to being prepared for his second coming. It says, From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch comes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. And verse 34 says, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Also, near the end of John uh, chapter 1, Jesus calls Philip and Nathanael, saying, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And of course, we can't forget the famous story of Jesus cursing the fruitless fig tree in Matthew 21. Uh, verse 18, it says, In the morning, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. I'm not sure why God's Word continually uses fig trees and illustrations, but the symbolism in our passage is effective. What if the fig tree that Proverbs 27:18 talks about is actually your heart? In fact, 
If we substituted the words fig tree for heart, how would the passage read? Whoever tends a heart will eat its fruit. Just as a fig tree needs sunlight in order to produce fruit, so our heart needs the light of Jesus in order to bear fruit as well. Our heart condition produces two kinds of fruit, good and bad. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 17, or I'm um, sorry, Matthew 7, verse 15 through 20. Beware, false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Every healthy tree bears good fruit, and the diseased trees bear bad fruit. It makes sense, right? I mean, similarly, if our hearts are healthy, then we should see an outpouring of good fruits. Jesus even says that we will be recognized by our fruits. And that could be a scary thing if our hearts aren't in the right place. So let's continue this heart theme onto the second verse. Uh, sorry, the second half of verse 18. It says, And he who guards his master will be honored. And I think each of us can agree that we have been ruled by a heart over our head one time or another. And I can think of one particular main character of the Old Testament that ruined his life because he followed the desires of his heart. When King David took another man's wife as his own, he felt the consequences of that sin for the rest of his life. His kingdom was never the same, the relationship with his children were never the same, and the impact of that one sinful, heart-driven desire was cataclysmic. So let's take the t that same approach to this verse as we did on the first half and swap one word with heart purely for illustrative purposes. And he who guards his heart will be honored. Our hearts must be guarded, or another way to say it is that we must protect the thing which we can control or be master of our actions. Our heart. Let's take a look of the whole of verse 18 again. Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who guards his master will be honored. We must tend to our hearts, filling it with the light and life of Jesus through the truth of God's word, so that it might produce good fruit. And we must also protect our hearts at all costs. That verse says that whoever guards his master, his heart, will be honored. A couple of ways that we can tend to our heart and guard our hearts is provided in Philippians 4, verse 4 through 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Moving on to the rest of our passage, verse 19 says, As in water face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. This simple phrase echoes what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 7, verse 17. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Just as water shows what your face looks like, 
Your heart shows the man. Another way to look at that phrase, the man, would be a person's character. So just like water can be a mirror for your outer expressions, one's heart can be a mirror of one's inner expressions. If we are tending to our heart through rejoicing and guarding it through prayer and in turn, the peace of God, then our heart should reflect that. It should bear good fruit. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Moving on, Proverbs 27 verse 20 that requires a little more scriptural sleuthing. It says, Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, and never satisfied are the eyes of man. So where or who are these things? Sheol is referenced several times throughout the Old Testament. In an article from Desiring God titled, What is Sheol? Sheol is described as the enemy's bunker or a house of death. Somewhere I'm not trying to pay a visit anytime soon, to be honest. That sounds pretty dark and gloomy. And uh, in Habakkuk 2.5, Sheol is described as, His greed is as wise Sheol, like death he has never enough. And this aligns with Proverbs 20.20. But what or who is Abaddon? I had to Google this one as well. And this article from Christianity.com says, Also known as Apollyon, Abaddon makes an appearance in the last book of the New Testament in Revelation uh, verse 9. Uh, sorry, Re Revelation chapter 9, verse 11. And that says, They have as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek he is called Apollyon. He carries out his role during the fifth trumpet of destruction. As we mentioned above with the locusts, they swarm out of a seemingly bottomless pit. Overall, we know that Abaddon has ties with destruction in both testaments, and he appears to unleash misery via the form of sharp-toothed locusts in the last days. Got it. So this guy Abaddon is a demon that controls hordes of razor-toothed locusts that swarm out of a bottomless pit during the fifth trumpet of destruction in the last days. Sounds like a good dude. Or how about not? Okay, back on track. Why does this verse apply in our context here? Doesn't it seem juxtaposed to the feel-good verses about the heart? As we read on, verse 20 says that just like Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied and our hearts and our eyes aren't either. The eyes of man are insatiable. We want the things we don't have. We desire the things that lead to our destruction. It's a harrowing analogy comparing the rewards of the heart and these two terrible things, Sheol and Abaddon. On the other hand, or on one hand, you shepherd your heart well. You reap the benefits of that. You produce good fruit. You're known by your fruit because it's reflected in every area of your life. But on the other hand, well, verse 20 implies Sheol and Abaddon are waiting. They're impatient and they're always wanting more, perfectly content and expectant upon your arrival. And this is why we must tend to our fig tree and guard our master. So that Sheol and Abaddon will be quenched. We must fill our hearts with the light of the Lord so that his peace will guard our hearts in Christ Jesus. Then and only then will we reap the rewards of our heart. Lord Jesus, we rejoice in your goodness and grace. We humbly come and ask that you search our hearts and make known to us any transgressions. Help us to not be anxious in anything and to trust you more in each and every day. And thank you for loving us unconditionally and pursuing our hearts. 
Give us your peace, Father, so that our hearts might be guarded in you, that we might see the good results of good fruit produced in our lives. In your precious and holy name, amen.